Welcome to Beyond the Show, the interview podcast that brings the educational experience of Cannabis Conference to the airwaves. My name is Eric Sandy, and I'm the digital editor of Cannabis Conference and Cannabis Business Times. In this series, we're excited to highlight the world-class operators who will be speaking at the event next month, August 24th through the 26th in Las Vegas. You can learn more about the show at CannabisConference.com, and you can go beyond the show, of course, by subscribing to this podcast. Today, we're talking with Anthony Winston III, an electrical engineer and the owner of Winston Engineering. Anthony started Winston Engineering because he wanted to make a positive impact on the construction industry. He got his start in the defense industry, but chose to make a change in his career and for those around him. He got his professional engineering license in California and moved into focusing on the power industry, ultimately landing in cannabis. Winston Engineering has been providing MEP, that's Mechanical, Electrical, and Plumbing, engineering construction permit plans for cannabis facilities, including solar, generator backup, and battery designs since 2017, with well over 20 facilities under their belt. They provide MEP designs for indoor cultivation, extraction, manufacturing, retail, and distribution. Winston Engineering is licensed in multiple states, including California, Oregon, Washington, Arizona, Texas, Oklahoma, Illinois, and Colorado. And Winston Engineering is the only black-owned MEP engineering firm on the West Coast. At Cannabis Conference, Anthony will be speaking on the all-access panel, Indoor Facility Design. And that's what he and I talked about in this interview, and more. So please enjoy my conversation with Anthony Winston III. Thank you for joining us today, Anthony. We're very glad to have you on the show. Before we get into the finer points of indoor facility design, I wanted to start with your own entry into the cannabis industry. After working in defense and power, what brought you to cannabis? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I started the company. Uh, we just celebrated six years of being in business, but when I, you know, I'm a licensed electrical engineer and started out just doing residential and commercial um, electrical engineering for, for buildings, basically. And as time went on, people would ask, hey, do you do HVAC and plumbing? And one day I just said yes, and, and I figured out the, the right resources to make that happen. And then in 2017, when it became legal here in California, I started getting asked, um, hey, can you do a cannabis facility? And I'm not turning anything down. So I said, yes. Um, and, and, you know, I took an, an approach. Uh, it's like any other building. And then as you continue to do design work, you realize that it's, it's really not, especially cultivation. It's, it's kind of its own beast. So I started just, di- you know, doing a really deep dive into the MEP systems. Um, and for those who don't know what that means, mechanical, electrical, plumbing, to fully understand what the growers need. Um, and my name started getting out there. I think I spoke at the uh, Cannabis Business Times conference in 2019 or 2018. And it's just kind of been going from there. A lot of great referrals and, you know, we're out there just marketing, trying to be that, that go-to MEP engineering firm um, across the country. Yeah, and early on, um, you know, maybe some of the things that growers need are, are kind of obvious, but what was that learning curve like for you? And, and what did you find that growers were looking for that might be different from uh, facilities in other industries? Yeah, so with, you know, you really have to dial in their needs. So here's two things. So you have to 
bring together this world that's been underground for so long. You got these growers who've been doing it for 20 some odd years and they, they have what they believe is their magic to growing the best cannabis on earth, right? And then you have the engineering side, which is a lot of analytics, a lot of data. And when we first, one of the first facilities we did, they were like, oh, we need a set point of X, Y, and Z, humidity X, Y, and Z. And we went to doing calculations like we normally did. And the grower came back and was like, what are you doing? Like, we need half the amount of tonnage in the room based on our experience. And so at that point, I was like, you know what, I'm going to lean heavily going forward on the growers because they know what they want. So I had them sign, you know, uh, an agreement saying, hey, if something happens to your plants, that's on you. Now, when it comes to human safety in the building, nobody can dictate that but us. Um, but those are, you know, that's that's one of the biggest hurdles is trying to dial in and, and uh, appease those growers who think they have the magic um, along with the engineering side of things. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's a plant, right? So. Yeah, early on um, out in California, were you seeing a lot of uh, new builds at all? Or was this a lot of retrofits that you were encountering in those early years? I'd probably say 70% of our work is TI, so tenant improvements. People are moving into existing warehouses. Um, just because the cost of construction, especially in California for a new build is extremely expensive. It's, I mean, you're dealing with the environmental agencies out here will really put you through it and that can blow your budget substantially. And um, I mean, has that, uh, has that ratio changed much um, at all? I mean, I guess um, whether it's, you know, retrofits or new builds, um, have these facilities changed dramatically over the last few years? I know the industry in general moves pretty quickly, but are you seeing different styles of, of facility than you were a couple of years ago? I don't think necessarily the style has changed because it's, it's pretty basic, right? You start your seedlings, you go into veg, you go into flower, you trim, you dry, boom, you got a product. So not much of that has changed. I think the ancillary, I can never get that word right, An ancillary um, services and, and, and data around it has been evolving, right? So you have, I, we just did a sustainability webinar where we had a gentleman come on and talk about ways that his company can save on um, consumption from the HVAC systems, right? So realizing, I, I think people are realizing very quickly that these facilities suck up a lot of power and it's not sustainable. And we, it's tons of open space in this, in this country to continue to build, but it's going to stress out our, our, you know, our, um, our electrical grid. And we really have to get into renewable energy or else we're going to be in trouble. Bearing that in mind uh, with the electrical grid and, and wanting to make sure that you're finding the right place and implementing the right changes to that facility. Um, what are some of the initial questions that growers are asking you or you're asking growers about site selection specifically? Yeah, so that's one of the services we offer where we will go to a site, I don't care where it is, we'll fly out to wherever and evaluate an existing space that you plan to rent or buy. And the reason I started offering that is because we've had facilities where they've signed the contract, the lease or whatever case may be, bring us on and then you don't have enough power. So we have to work with what you have, which one time we did a project in Long Beach and it was enough power that you typically see it in a single family home. And, or if you want to upgrade, it could be six months to a year before Edison or whoever your local power company can get to you and actually 
do the construction to bring you the power. So we do site site visits and site evaluations to, hey, determine, do you have enough power on site, one? Two, you, you're, where's your HVAC equipment going to go, right? If you If it's an older building, maybe the roof is not structurally sound enough to put it up there. And if that's the case, do you have proper setbacks to put it outside? So it's a lot of different questions like that, that you, you really have to get answered before you pull the trigger on a lease or a purchase on a building. Sort of along similar lines, I know, you know, we briefly um, mentioned just the, the heat out West in the Pacific Northwest, and we're recording this uh, interview in, in late June. Um, and maybe this is sort of a broader conversation that just um, enters into the, into the picture in, in many industries. But with indoor facilities and cannabis um, and with um, just the climate conversation and heat in general, heat waves, um, from an engineering perspective, does that, I guess, what are the, what are the considerations that you'll want to keep in mind when working in a region that might be facing severe heat throughout the summer? So there's a couple sides of that, right? The first is, especially if you're working in California, due to all the wildfires, there, I forget the name of the program, but there's a, a shutdown where if the wind kicks up, so let's, let's take it back even further. When you have power lines, right, as, as it gets hotter outside, they start to sag, right? So when they sag, the wind blows, it can whip about, it can cause fire. So power companies can actually shut down the power if the wind is pretty, you know, gets a little gusty because they're so concerned about um, setting another fire and, you know, folks have died in the past. So you have that where they shut down your power. Now, what are you going to do? So out here, you need to really consider having battery backup, solar and a backup generator so that you can be on your own microgrid so that you're not affected when these things happen. Also, when it comes to being out here, and so I think this is important no matter what, having the proper insulation within your in your growth space. Um, I think that's really critical controlling the humidity because if it's really dry outside and depending on the types of lights that you're using and then your plants perspire so you really have to dial those numbers in but my biggest concern is being out here and the power company shuts you down because I mean if you're down for a couple hours who knows how that can affect your plants. Yeah I mean it seems like so much of the, the conversation around design um, leads to a conversation about the future and of course uh, risk management contingency planning things like that um, on a more positive side um, planning for the future in terms of future growth or, or scaling or even expanding a facility um, what sort of conversations need to happen early on to accommodate future expansions on a facility or just um, different changes to that facility over time yeah, so you really have to do a lot of future planning with your power system because the last thing you want to do is go through that same process of upgrading over again. And that can get pretty costly if the utility doesn't even have the proper structures in place. And when I say structures, that means an actual transformer that's big enough to supply you what you need. Otherwise, they're going to have to bring in bigger structures. And a lot of times, you know, that, that cost somehow gets passed on to you. So <clears throat> really dialing in what your future needs are as early as you possibly can. I know that's sometimes difficult, but it's better to, I guess, to over, um, overestimate than to underestimate. Um, also understanding uh, what you're bringing on the proper civil engineering team, understanding your drainage and, you know, all that good stuff. So really the big thing is, is future planning for your power. 
Yeah, maybe sort of dialing that down a bit to something that's um, maybe less major, but um, or maybe less visible, perhaps, uh, but certainly important. One thing I always think about in, in facilities is just uh, like traffic flow from room to room of foot traffic, but also uh, carts or whatever people might be moving around the facility. Um, how should a grower or how should a business rather think about that when planning uh, you know, the blueprint of a facility uh, I mean, without, you know, again, there's a lot of similar similarities from facility to facility, but that movement among hallways and from room to room, um, how does that get figured into these plans? So that's usually not in our realm. That's usually when you start in the beginning before you get to us, right? I always tell people you need to find a, a cannabis consultant who understands facilities um, or uh, architect, because eventually you're going to have to get an architect or an architect who's, who understands that because you have to think about um, cross-contamination and make sure things don't, you know, popper negative and positive or I'm sorry, positive pressure and negative pressure and all those types of things so that things don't go from room to room to room. And now you're kind of screwed because your whole crop has, has been uh, affected. And also making sure that your hallways are wide enough, making sure that you don't have a ton of doors in the hallways, right? So you have employees touching stuff. So that's really important. And honestly, with COVID, that really at the top of people's minds now is touchless system. So yeah, and sort of with that in mind, I mean, I know um, sometimes there's a tendency to think that, that bigger is better, and, and maybe that is part of the future planning as well. Um, but when working with, with you guys, um, you know, is it, have you run across a lot of folks who are either working with facilities that are too large for their needs, or how does that assessment work? I've never had anybody say it's too large. I've always heard something is maybe too small and then they start getting into going, you know, multiple tiers and things like that. But in terms of too big, I, I haven't heard that one yet. And, and I'm sure it happens, especially when you start seeing that first power bill or, you know, you got to understanding, understand, have a good understanding of your manpower and how do you man all these grows and things like that. Yeah. And that brings up uh, just the vertical growing aspect too, which, um, you know, a lot of companies do work with. Does that, uh, does height in a room change a lot of the equations that we're talking about here with whether it's power or HVAC, um, especially as you get up to, to three, three racks or, or possibly even more in some cases? Yeah, you, you definitely want to, a couple of things, you want to make sure you have the proper airflow and that's whether you have single tier or multi-tiered. But then two, when you start adding multiple tiers, you have to understand how far the light can be to the plant. And there are some folks out there who are still using HPS, which is high pressure sodium lights, which get very, very hot. So that means you can't bring the lights as close to the plants as you can with LED. So then it becomes an issue of, all right, how high is my ceiling? And that, that can really be the limiting factor of how high you can go. Yeah, and of course, a lot of these conversations more than likely are happening at the start of the process or a little ways into the process as the facility design is coming together. Um, but longer term, could you talk a bit about uh, the importance of, of maintenance or any uh, red flags to watch out for three, four, five, six years down the road? Um, one of the big things that, and this is something I, I, I have a, a friend of mine who owns his own HVAC company. And this is, this, this is circling back to that example I gave of, 
under the, the client wanting us to undersize the HVAC units more than what we were comfortable with is that when you do that, you're stressing out your HVAC equipment. So then you're having to replace it much sooner. So you, you as the grower or investor or whoever, you have to draw kind of a fine, walk that fine line of, all right, future replacement or stress it out now, grow as much as I can and get my money as quickly as I can. So that's, that's the big thing. Also, I mean, make sure that your HVAC equipment is serviced at the appropriate intervals because the last thing you want <clears throat> is summertime, especially out here in Southern California, your equipment breaks down and you can't find an HVAC tech because HVAC technicians are extremely busy in the summertime out here in Southern California. So those are, I'd say that is the, is the real big one. Yeah, that's a really uh, good, easily overlooked point, uh, especially when it gets a little too late. Um, yeah. Well, looking ahead to Canvas Conference, um, you know, in August, uh, what are, I know we've covered a lot of ground uh, already, but um, what are you hoping that attendees in your session can take away and take home to their business and maybe put into effect uh, pretty quickly? I, I think it's, my goal is to educate folks as much as possible so that by the time they get to a professional such as myself, they already have everything that they need. Because quite often I get folks who come to me and say, hey, I want to do a 10,000 square foot grow in Oakland or whatever, whatever the location. I'm like, well, do you have architectural drawings? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, as MEP engineers, we don't draw the buildings. We, we implement the the components within inside the building. So understanding that and having those right resources, uh, that's really what's important for me. And then not like I, like I mentioned before, if you're moving into an existing facility, understand those things that you need to look out for, because I'd hate for you to sign the lease and then you're stuck, right? And then you have to do some expensive retrofits and things like that, which blow your budget out the water. No doubt about that. Well, it's always, um, you know, it's one of those sessions that's been sort of recurring at Cannabis Conference. We're very pleased to have you aboard for this one. Appreciate um, it. You know, it's always a really cool conversation with a lot of good Q&A too. Uh, a lot of small issues that can quickly become big and a lot of big issues that, uh, you know, remain big, I suppose. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks so much, Anthony. It was uh, great to talk to you here. Looking forward to seeing you out in Vegas in August. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And that's a wrap on episode five of Beyond the Show. Hope you enjoyed our conversation with Anthony Winston III. He'll be speaking next month at Cannabis Conference, specifically on day one, on an all-access panel titled Indoor Facility Design. Uh, that's one of our sort of recurring panels from year to year. We like to get into facility design uh, for both greenhouse and indoor, and, uh, and this will sort of continue that trend that we've been running the last couple years at Cannabis Conference. This will be our fifth Cannabis Conference. Uh, we're returning to Las Vegas next month, August 24th to the 26th. Be sure to check out CannabisConference.com to read up on all the speakers, including Anthony, of course, and everyone else who will be joining us in Vegas and who will be passing through the podcast in the coming weeks. Uh, we look forward to uh, additional interviews like this and then some even beyond the show, such as the title. Uh, after August. So stay tuned, subscribe to the podcast, and we'll see you next week.